Hello, my name is Luke, and you are listening to Formula Electrifying. Welcome back to another episode of Formula Electrifying. In this episode, we will talk about the upcoming Rome Epri in early April. But before that, let's remind ourselves what happened last time when we were in Rome, because there was a lot going on: cars crashing with full speed, cars sent spinning. Mechanical failures and all sorts of horrible stuff for the teams—a great entertainment for us. For now, let's go back in time to Rome, 2021. Before Rome, Mercedes and Jaguar both won at Diria with De Vries and Evans. Coming to Rome, Takeda introduced their new powertrain, and the track layout was massively altered to make the weekend more interesting. There was some rain involved. Drama of the double header started at FP1 of the first race, when Oliver Turvey ended the session with a bang, hitting John Eric Byrne and Jack Dennis with tremendous speed that destroyed the back end of Byrne's Takeda. As a result, the drivers were not able to participate in FP2 since the cars were broken. Lucky for them, the session was reflected due to the loosened curb of the chicane. Eventually, the curbs were discarded and the session did not restart. After qualifying, it was Stavo Vandone on pole with Andre Lauter just right behind him, followed by Roland, Degrassi, Vern, Gunther, Franz, De Vries, Verline, and Boemi in top ten. That being said, Lauter took Vandone off just few laps after the safety car restart, and Roland, who inherited the race lead. Was penalized for power overuse. Out of a sudden, it was Degrassi and Verne fighting for the first place, along with Franz, De Vries, and Bird. A lot of, let's say, robust moves were made, and with seven minutes to go, Degrassi overtook Verne and retook the lead. However, a drive shaft failure forced him to slow down and caused Vandone, who had to fought all the way from the back to the front, to take evasive action. Which resulted in hitting a manhole cover and crashed. In the end, Vern won the race under the safety car, which means Takeda took their first win of the season on the debut of their new powertrain. With the Jaguar boys complete the podium, followed by Franz, Boemi, Rest, Verline, Ling, Gunther, and Cassidy. For the second race in FP3, the track was still wet, although it was drying up. Later, it started raining again. Causing trouble for the teams. For qualifying, it was the rookie Nick Cassidy who took the pole, and another rookie Norman Nato starting the race right beside him, followed by Verlan, Vandone, Gunther, Sims, Motala, Roland, Muller, and Buemi once again in tenth. Jake Dennis didn't qualify due to some issues with the car. Sergio said the camera crashed while doing it. And Lauter was penalized for power overuse in qualifying. As for the race, the track looked dry, but the race still starts under the safety car. However, Nick Cassidy lucked up right after the race start and dropped back. After that, it was fierce competition at the front. With 30 minutes to go, Degrassi had a huge collision with the wall and brought out a safety car. Alexander Sims caught Verlaine napping and overtook Verlaine right at the restart and promoted himself to second place. 
Meanwhile, Nato was on fire and fought his way to third place. With eight minutes to go, Rainier Rast in another LD hit the wall and broke the car, which resulted in another appearance of safety car. At the final lap, Bird was sandwiched by De Vries and Roland, which left him and De Vries retired from the race. In the end, Stavo Vandon took the win, followed by Alexander Sims. Norman Nato was originally third, but later disqualified for energy overuse, resulting in Verline took the vacancy, followed by Montara, Gunther, Evans, Da Costa, Boemi, Tom Blomquist, and Nico Muller completes the top 10. Besides the new track laid out, the elements that truly added some spice into the weekend was definitely the rain. From pre-practices to actual race, we saw the drivers need to uh, deal with not only the surface change on the track, but also the damp patch, which made the cars go wobbly everywhere, constantly sliding and lock up. I'm sure it was painfully challenging for the drivers, but to be honest, it was something awesome for us to watch. My personal favorite action on track was the overtakes at Marconi Hairpin. For some reason, it just seemed so brave and beautiful. Off the track, we have seen my man, Alexander Sims, dance onto the podium. Overall, we had two very different yet crazy races in Rome next year. There was so much story to talk about. Stavo Van Dorn got screwed the first day, fighting all the way back to the front, but ended up horribly wrong due to his unfortune. The next day, got a redemption first place. Nick Cassidy, the rookie, qualified first and could have done well in the race, maybe a podium. Instead, he had a lockup at a race start and got sent into the walls later in the race. Norman Nato, another rookie, was set to earn the third place finish, but got disqualified due to using too much energy. Audi was looking strong, but got a failure and cost them a win in race 1. Both cars crashed out in race 2. Tons were highs and lows for the team, but Takeshita will be leaving Rome in smile, because they know their power train is competitive. Another good talking point is power overuse. In race 1, Oliver Rowland was originally leading the race, but got a penalty due to power overuse. In qualifying of race 2, Andrea Lauter got disqualified due to the same reason. Apparently, the current um, power maybe is a limiter or some kind of restraining system that only works when the wheels are attached to the ground with grips. That is perhaps why when we go to a rather bumpy track or when the rain hits, the limiter will not work when the car jumps while the wheels in the air. Nor will it work when there is aquaplaning which causes the tires to lose grip. Everybody can understand that the rules are in place for any exploit of the situation of using higher power during the event. But to penalize those who only run into that kind of situation by accident and did not gain any advantage, I believe in such condition, the higher power probably only caused more wheel spins and made the car unstable, maybe harder to control, and perhaps will lead them into another mistake or incident. Of course, one can argue that with so many drivers, usually only one or two drivers have this issue. But I think we can all agree that 
if drivers did something not on purpose, didn't get any advantage, or caused harm to other drivers, they should not be punished. I hope in the future we will see these incidents less and less, and the drivers could just race, not worrying about things they can't control. Now we look ahead to the future. The Rome doubleheader is finally approaching in a few weeks' time, and I expect nothing less of them. Although the track remains unchanged, with the new qualifying system, I believe we will have a good weekend ahead of us, and we will have more information about which cars is actually better than others. At the moment, Mercedes' powertrain seems to be very good, while others didn't seem that、um, consistent for now. As for race predictions, I think Degrassi, Verline, and Vandom is a safe bet as they all do well last year. But I also hope Alexander Sims can grab a podium once again. And definitely, watch out for the Tacchita boys. If you want to join me, you are more than welcome to send your predictions to look the Formula E fanatic at pm.me, and let's see who's right. If you like the podcast. Please consider to subscribe on any platform you are on. I've been Luke, and I'll see you after the Rome Epri. Bye.